We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. Just always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it. So here we are, another edition of the Tour Coach with beverages at a table outside uh, here at uh, Ocean Reef on the pool. Bugs are getting us a little bit, so we're going to get this rolling. We've got Jackson Court, who's come up with the topic for this because he's my assistant at large. we got Michelle Winkler, Winks. We've got Dr. Scott Lynn, and then we've got some of our students from this week who every now and then we might uh, bring in here. we got Thomas Henderson. I mean, we got Matt Kopsky. we got big Nate Jolly, so it's going to be a good one. So Jackson, go ahead and lead us off as I bring you into the podcast world. you got a topic for us. Come on with it. So we've got... Bugs are bad. They I, are my, bad. my ankles are getting bit. Mm-hmm. So we've got new age teaching, what was it? Old school teaching. In a new age world. In a modern world. In a modern world. That's such a good topic. Yeah. Come on, Doc, why? I mean, I think from what I've seen, the people who best use technology look at the technology so they look at the swing catalyst they look at their KVS, they look at their track man and they come over to the, the student they're like turn your shirt buttons that way a little more yeah and it's like you look at their path you look at their face you look at their torque you look at their horizontal force and you come up with something so dead simple <laughs> to me that's the beauty of technology people who can use it in that way so in their mind they're thinking about all this complex mm-hmm. 3d geometry they're thinking about biomechanics they're thinking about this and that and and then they come up with Lift your heel off the ground. Yeah. Boom. And then stuff gets better, right? And yeah. so I think that is the key that is the key to using technology. If you have to explain to me lambda 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 torques. <laughs> I, I take I take credit for that. <laughs> I'm not gonna make birdies doing you, that. Yeah, that's gonna be difficult. Yeah. So one of the things that I enjoy about it is I've told this story a thousand times, uh, but I started doing stuff with, with Scott because, well, we were forced to, one. But, uh, and I got paid to be there, so that was two. But I'd had folks get better. I'd have young people get better, make the tour, blah, blah, blah. But when I would go to these seminars and I would listen to all this, I didn't understand stuff that was being said, right? And I literally, I would quit going and I'd feel stupid at them. Be like, man, this like, I don't do any of this. So I obviously don't know what I'm doing. And uh, Doc and I, got to do this seminar together and I asked him I and it was great it was one of the reasons I do stuff with him now I said hey would you mind looking at these videos and data of people I have and tell me like basically tell me like why are they getting good because I would like to know why my players are getting good am I just lucky am I just are they just really good because I do believe there's guys that are so good that none of us could screw them up right or is there something there could be John Mellencamp and I think it's the John Mellencamp radio. <laughs> and so that's basically, and I'll paraphrase, and Doc can talk about it. Like, Doc was like, no, everything you're telling them is exactly right. And he'd be, he would every now and then say, like, you might could do a little more of this or a little more of that. But, like, yeah. man, the information's dead on. You just don't talk about it like that stuff in the seminars. Right. So that was a big deal for me. 
And so that's why I like I've involved Doc so much because so like for me, I've always been a huge pivot teacher because mm-hmm. I learned to make a living that way. Just being honest, like I was starving and a guy said to me, my mentor, Hank Johnson, said, if you'll teach people grip, posture and pivot, you'll make 50 grand. And I mean, I was like I lived in a place with no power. I had this beat up old Dodge Intrepid that I had to leave on the side of Highway 98 in Destin at one point. I mean, $50,000 a lot of money. I was like, well, I'll give it a try. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hell, I'll do that. So all I did was pivot and it worked. I made 55 grand that next year, next 12 months. So that was a lot of money. But then as I would go along and I bought a swing catalyst and all that, I wanted to learn more about the pivot and why it worked. And so now to me, Scott's brilliant in that like we get people turning and using their body but he comes in and helps us learn how to do it more precise yeah makes it like with like like with jolly with jolly and kopsky today like kopsky is i mean it was brilliant like we're getting him to do the same thing but he measures him and he and he and he helps him with a cue that's the same but it's more precise with what you do and it unlocks the answer and i think that's that's the beauty of using science like when we have a 15 handicapper they can't put their hand on it, and the fa- like. I remember we we were at one, and this guy had a fucked up grip, sorry, screwed up grip, <laughs> horrible posture, ball in the wrong spot, and like Scott looked at him and he goes like, "You need to teach this." Like, and then he goes, and then he like just walks out and gets a beer. Like he's just like, I mean, this guy's expecting Scott to tell him something. He's like, I mean, what the hell do I do with that? Right? Like, I mean, I could get him middle post but like he's just gonna suck more from the middle yeah. right <laughs> hope this guy's not listening can we clarify that the the 15 handicapper was not kopsky yeah it was not you no and you're lower than a 15 i, I know i just wanted to, I just no, no we talk about you on the next podcast <laughs> we're gonna get wins in this kitchen yeah she's well, a really good like jackson young teacher coming up and she's got exposed to so much stuff i want her opinion yeah. on what the hell goes on here. well i, I love that you always say you're like i've never taught a golf lesson in my life but i look and watch you teach every day and what you're doing is giving golf lessons she's looking at it like a woman dating <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this is a hallmark <laughs> i feel like this is one of those lifetime movies that is funny you say that because he did give a golf lesson yeah i mean yeah. you you it's think it's a biomechanical assessment yeah. uh, but i agree that there's sometimes that, that it does it's not important i remember we were at old palm when was that last year around this yeah. time september yeah. And this woman came in and her face was like 100 degrees open and the thing was just going dead right every time. And like, they looked at me, what are you doing doing the ground? I'm like, nothing, nothing. get the face square. Like- <laughs> get her in the face. <laughs> right? yeah, if that woman actually turned, she'd hit it worse. <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah. yeah, you've got to, I mean, the face is first. And yeah, like, and if their hands aren't on it properly and their posture's bad, yeah, that's... Hey, uh, Jay Coffin just walked up. He's sitting on another podcast. I like it. You know what Tony says about open faces? What? The only thing I want open is a po' boy. (laughs) (laughs) Open face is a po' boy sandwich. Nice. I mean, I just, it drives me crazy. People's twisting the face and I'm like, come on. Like, and then here's, here's one of my pet peeves. I hate the face getting open. Like, and these people, I'll see these people teaching somebody and the face is wide open and they're working on like, and I see them and they'll be like working on sequence out of the top. I was like, you can't sequence that stuff, right? Like yeah. fix the face. You got to fix the face first. Mm-hmm. I always go to that. Okay. All right, sorry, I'm always on, no, I got on a roll. I love that. So old school teaching in a modern age. Yeah. What are some of the old school principles besides face that are gonna stick around? 
I mean, is balance ever going to go wrong? I mean, do you ever want to hit something and fall down? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep going, T. You're right? Rolling. I mean, really? <laughs> really? Really, though? I mean, really? Right. Is really. balance going to go out of... Okay, let me ask you this. This is great for you, Scott. How many teachers do you go to? You teach with a bunch. I mean, do they really focus on balance? Yeah, no, that... To me, I've seen so many people who set up unbalanced at setup, yeah. not balanced at setup, and you're screwed before you even get started. There aren't too many sports where we can be athletic, where we're, you know, all mm -hmm. one way or another. So, and I think that's where, you know, that little drill we do on the plate where you explore as oh. far as you can to your toes, as I far as you can that. to your heels, and find the middle. I mean, that fix a lot of stuff mm -hmm. in a lot of golf swings. That's um, what we did with Isabella, or I did with Isabella. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her heels are like off the ground before she, before she even started. Yeah. So yeah. you're ready to fall over. And your brain, its first job is to, like you say, not to fall down and hurt yourself. And if you start on your toes, then your natural reaction is I can't go to my toes anymore because I'm going to fall over. Fall back under your heels, and then that's not a very athletic move. And the yeah. best part about that is, she even said, 13 years old, doesn't play tons of golf, even though she's really good. She even said, everybody's trying to fix the length of my swing. But the length is because she's out of balance. Correct. So she's got no mm. rotation. She's got all hip slide and, yeah. and knee. You know. Right. Well, I mean, well, we've talked about face and balance. I mean, posture. You fix posture a ton. Yeah. I think the most overlooked thing that I see, and crazy on tour too and i'm not being critical people but are people with hips that aren't correctly under them where they're either too far out where their ass is too far behind their heels or it's too far in or their left hip if they're right-handed players too far in and their right hips higher that's one of the i mean so what do you look for i just like to see the bottom of the spine underneath the top of the spine or slightly in front of because i feel like that's how we walk right and you know, I think that's kind of how we were made. And so if we get the base of the spine under the top of the spine and we your ass isn't too far behind your heels and weight's kind of in the middle of your feet. And I always tell folks, like, if you jumped from where you are to dress, you should basically just go up and down. You shouldn't go into the ball. You shouldn't go away from the ball. I mean, if you're balanced, weight's in the middle of your feet and your spine's pretty centered, I mean, I, I just like the spine to be pretty sad. I like the, I actually like the base of the spine to be a tick in front of the top because I think especially for like folks that aren't super flexible stuff, that helps them get behind the ball a little more. Right. It's like a little yeah. bit of a cheat. Good story. Yeah. So we're driving to, I remember this so vividly. I'm in the Buick Enclave. Oh, is this with me? Yes. Is this when we got the biscuit? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this is you not the No. Tell the story about the first. No. Your first I'm, Hardy's biscuit I'm, when you had a dip, a Hardy's biscuit, and a cup of coffee, and you had to use the bathroom. And I didn't make it out of the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember this very. We're we probably need a this, sponsorship. Yeah. yeah. Same. Probably the same trip. But we're riding down I-10. Yeah. We're riding down I-10, and Andy Ogletree sends you videos from Pinehurst at the USAM. Wow. And he's hitting it like crap. I'll never forget this because I can see the video. It's like foggy in front of him. Can't see where the ball's going, but he's complaining about it. And we're looking at the videos and you're like, I mean, his hip posture is horrible. You see how far behind him his hips are. Texted him that, whatever, got his hips like more over his ankles. He's like, yeah, this is better. Wins the USAM. Look, and he went and saw, he went and got on gears today because he's coming back from injury, right? Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen him because of he's had an injury and COVID. And he goes to get on gears because he's getting going back and he's had some pain. 
what, what's the one thing they told him is hip, hip posture, posture, right? Like, and uh, so I, but I, I think it's prevalent and you would maybe, I, there may be, I wonder if there's some reason that men do it more than others, because I see men way more so than women with crummy hip postures. I don't know if men just have worse posture in general, but for sure men are terrible. Well, I'm curious what your opinion is. Like, does it have to do with their center of gravity? Does it have to do with like their pelvic girdle being different? Right, like, like wider, childbearing bigger. hips. Yeah, yeah, I they're, they're, them, but yeah. Like, I think there's a lot to individual variations in anatomy that we don't understand. We don't understand how all of us are built differently. Like when I was doing my PhD, I did a lot of work in the cadaver lab where they taught the medical students. Yeah. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. So there was this old guy that worked in there for like 20 or 30 years. He'd been there forever. And I made friends with him because I like to go and look at stuff in there. And he'd been there for 20 or 30 years. They dissected, I think it was like 10 or 15 bodies a year. So do the math, I'm 20 or 30 years, how many bodies he's been through. I remember asking him one day, how many bodies have you ever dissected that was exactly like the book says? He's like, zero. Everybody wow. has something, we've got an extra bone there, or the tendon's here and it should be there, or this is aligned a little differently. Everybody's a little different. Well, what about leg length? Like All of that's, that. Everything. That's something that came up actually in the last couple of months. Like I taught someone whose right leg was a good like inch and a half longer than their left. Yeah. And, and so like no me, matter what I did with their posture, like it still yeah. wasn't really mm -hmm. working until I... I think all I did was just bring their right foot back a little bit. Sure, because they'd probably be front post from that, right? Yeah. Tuck them into their lead yeah. side and be a fader. Yeah, yeah be, be a fader. To get a draw yeah, that. totally. And so just make it happen, make it work. Like, yeah. but I think there's a lot. I mean, not to get into the details, but and that's kind of what I'm hoping to do at Arkansas is to start to make sense of how everybody's built differently and how that might relate to how they should move differently. That's awesome. Talk a little bit about what you're going to do at Arkansas because I think this is fascinating, and I'm not super scientific. But I like Arkansas. Yeah, no. So Dr. Lowry Barnes is a orthopedic surgeon there that I've connected with, and we're doing some research together. And um, what a good dude. Yeah, a really good dude. And he has access to all the medical facilities. And our goal eventually is to get like an MRI scanner. So it is possible now to do, to literally lie down and have the magnet go over top of you and rebuild your bones in Come 3D. On. Yeah so that we can see how you're built and how you need to move differently than somebody else. So anecdotally, recently I was working with Josh Koch, who's a long drive guy, and he was lacking horizontal force in his, and my hypothesis is if you're a long drive guy, you need to have all three of those forces maxed sure. out because you got to hit it as far, far as you possibly yeah. can. And his horizontal force was low, so I did my reactive neuromuscular training, right? I put the band around his hips and I pulled him away from the target. And when I did that, his right foot turned in like pigeon-toed. And then he could push hard. and. Like who would ever, would you ever set somebody up with their right no. foot pigeon toed? No. But then he was like, after he did that, he was like, I can push hard there. And then we got him on the plate. There was more horizontal force and his speed went up. And I was like, and then he was telling me, oh yeah, my PT was telling me that my acetabulum, which is a little cup that creates your hip is like yeah. twisted in a little bit. So really? if I have my foot straight, that's actually putting his hip kind of at an end yeah. range of motion. We're putting it. And like, who would ever teach that? You but would. we just found it by accident there. I think that's what really gets me excited is if we could ever do a scan of a human sure. and say, hey, based on all of these factors, you need to set up like this, you need to... Because think about it, if you walk down a PGA Tour driving range, there's a lot of different stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. People are set up differently, people move differently, and if we knew more about... And I think, you know, Mike Adams led me down that path with some of his, you know, forearm, yeah. upper arm, wingspan, height, but I think there's a lot more we can dig into that and really understand how each individual moves differently. I think that's one of the, we're talking about, you know, old school and all of that, but like, that's one thing that I think is interesting. I always am trying to figure out what we have to do 
with a player with what they can do to make them better. Yeah. Right? Because, like, Kopsky here can't do the same things Nate can do. Mm, Nate can't swing or doesn't swing like Thomas. Now, they have some – they have things in common. There's commonalities, I think. I think all the great players have certain commonalities. Like, you know, the you don't see a great player – that uses none of the forces and swings it with just their hands and arms. There's no way, yeah. Right? And you don't see any of the great players that no matter what anybody on the internet says, like, that just twists it way around, right? I mean, it may go a little, but, like, there's all corridors that they're within. Yeah. You know, but our job is to find, you know, what each of them can do, I think. And that's, to me, the interesting piece. Like, is that's why I, I, I just enjoy the times that we all teach together and, Winks was so good about saying you taught a golf lesson. You taught more golf than I did today because you had, but like you were great. Like you, you know, you helped every person. And I think it's cool because like, you know, to be a good teacher, I don't think you necessarily have to be the guy giving the lesson every time. The goal is to make your student better. Totally. And if you're secure. And that's you, what I like about being know? here. Like Jackson jumps in and puts the box there, which I would have never thought to do. Like you have your things and I love it when Wayno's here and Colby's here yeah. and like, you get so many different perspectives and nobody has an ego. Everyone's just like, yeah, man, yeah. if they get better and they leave here better, who cares who said what? Yeah, the and coolest like... things is combining you and Colby. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, it's been fascinating to watch. Like you sometimes will go, that's Colby's deal. Yeah. <laughs> right? and, then, and I remember last, like one other time, Colby was like, doc needs to do this. Yeah. Right. And then one time you and Colby were both like, you need to jump in and teach this guy, like, right? Like, you know, yeah, really, like, you know, yeah. and, and that's when we put the box or something. Yeah, in there, yeah. Right? So that's always fascinating how everybody knows, and Colby said it in that last podcast we've done here, is like the real key is for everybody to stay in their lane. Hmm. Like everybody, know, and that was brilliant. He was like a real good team, a great team. Everybody knows their job and they stay in their lane. And yeah. they know when it's somebody else on the teams. Yeah forte to be able to jump in that's happened multiple times i remember last time i was here i don't know i got some guys pivot right and i was like i don't know what's missing here and you jump in and you're like oh william wants grip right yeah and then he's just like pew, pew, and yeah. he won didn't he just win yeah. recently yeah. 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 yeah yeah so it was like i was like i don't i don't know what's going on here and you're like i got this and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> right and like i like it too just because i learn a ton like oh, i yeah. would be a fly on the wall all day with Scott just because I pick up nuggets like crazy, right? And I'm probably more so than the students, but maybe for their benefit in the future anyways. 100%, yeah. No, I also that's... think that the more we've taught together, the better we've gotten together, uh-huh. right? Like I look at the first couple times we've did done stuff. I remember Panama City and all that, and it was really good, but it was like we didn't know what all each other likes and how yeah. we worked, right? Yeah. And now... I mean, it's like a, I mean, it's like a seance in there, man. Yeah, it's that's like, come off like a band name. The Beatles. <laughs> Has that been taken? <laughs> Jackson, come up with a band name for us. A band us. name? Okay. The Dew Sweepers. The, the Dew Sweepers. I like it. You can't change that. No. The, People uh, tried to get me to drop that name, change the name, not changing it. How'd you come up with it? Um, a good story. So my grandfather... Did I tell this the other day? Did I tell you this? I told Kopsky this, yeah. So my grandfather was the one that got me playing golf. And my dad. My dad and my grandfather. My my grandfather worked at the Pentagon, and he retired to Pinehurst. And, like, he was a short Italian guy with a big nose. I mean, he looked just <laughs> like me. And now I'm getting the same bald spot on the top of my head. That's the worst. Bald spot's the worst part about an overhead camera. <laughs> when you're teaching golf. Right? And it is. But, uh... 
anyways, I got asked to do this radio show local in Fort Walton in Destin, Florida. Guy had asked me to do it has since gone to prison and uh, federal prison. Federal prison. Yeah, he sold more shares in the radio shows that he was doing than there were actually were. Like sold 150 percent to investors, whatever. But anyways, that's a side note. FBI actually interviewed me, but um, he so he asked me, I, and I was probably teaching. This was 15, 16 years ago, so I was probably teaching five, six, seven years, and I needed business, and I was like, that'd be a great marketing deal, but I didn't know anything about doing radio. So he said, oh, you'll be great. And I was like, sure. So, but he said, what do you want to name it? I had no clue. I was reading this book at the time called The Dew Sweepers. I think it's called The Dew Sweepers Lessons on Golf and Life by James Dodson, and it was about Pinehurst, and I was reading it, and it reminded me a great deal of my grandfather and his friends and his, these retired guys that played every damn day in their carts, the same deal, right? first group out in the morning. And I was like, well, the show's gonna be at seven live. We'll just call it the Dew Sweepers. And had I ever in a million years thought that it would have lasted more than a month, I would have come up with something different, right? <laughs> but I was like, man, there's no chance it will be on the radio. And I was on for 14, right. I was on for like 13, 14 years on XM. We were the longest running yeah. show for a time. And then now this turned into this thing. And I'll give Lucas Glover credit for that. When the Dew Sweepers ended on radio, we're still on in Mobile on a local show, but. I was like, I, you know, I was like, I'm done, not going to do it. And Lucas was like, man, you ought to do a podcast. He's like, man, those things are big. I'll never forget. I was down at his house and he was like, man, like you ought to do a podcast, these things. And he knew somebody that had done some podcasts, whatever. We started talking about it and I reached out to Cordy and all of us have been on ever since. I like it. We get like close to 10,000 people between all of the avenues listening a week. It's crazy, crazy the number of people that come up and start talking about it. And the cool thing for me is the number of teachers i think like the biggest thing i didn't expect is the number of teachers and people in our profession that listen and write in and they comment on the stuff that scott says colby says jackson says wink says and they ask questions and they want to do it i think that's cool i think we need more mentors in our business instead of just people posted on social media and thinking they're good ripping each other yeah Yeah. the key thing to being a dew sleeper though because i played a lot of early morning golf is to be like the fourth or fifth group out because then you don't have to read the greens because <laughs> there's all these little lines that show you. <laughs> what else you got for us jackson you're moderator today i mean i think that's great i think part of this has been a big piece of my instruction and my learning and why i love the dew sweepers and the team atmosphere is like old school teaching to me mm-hmm. part of that is growing up under an instructor right and learning kind of their school of thought and their brand and teaching the way they do it and running things the way they do it and i think that's changing a little bit with modern golf sure i think it's changing big time with social media and i think it's changing with technology i'm still a little old school in that and my parents hammered me on that when i was a kid about not knowing anything and working hard and learning from people that have more experience than you and um i might be a little old school in that but i think that's vital to development as a well, Hank, young instructor. Hank, Hank told me, so I tell stories about him all the time because he was a great foundation and base and all that. But I remember one time we were in the Lucky Leprechaun <laughs> bar. Where know, is that? <laughs> it's down the street on International Drive. It's like past. Oh, in Yeah, Orlando? it's anyways. Yeah, in Orlando. Okay. And uh, we're in there fairly late. This is before my rum kick, so it was, I think it was wine. And, uh, and I'll never forget, though, he said, and I've told Jackson this, I said, in one of our serious conversations, he said, he looked me dead in the eye, he said, do you want to be a great teacher or do you want to be a good teacher? Because there's a difference. And I was like, wow, I want to be great, you know? And he goes, well, 
the road's way harder and it's going to take you a long time to get there. And you're, he, I'll never forget this. He said, you know what your best attribute is? And I go, what? He goes, your best attribute is that you don't think you know very much. He's like, all the ones that think they know stuff don't know anything and never turn out to be very good. And I've always carried that. I, I think I try to act like I don't know very much. Sometimes I get pissed off at people. And, but I think that's accurate about our business. I think, that, And I, I think it's sad that there aren't as many people that go spend a bunch of time under somebody that's been successful. And also to reverse that a little bit because... I have tended to rip on uh, social media in this podcast. In the future, I think social media also has a could have a very positive influence on our career. Like there's been a lot of people that have benefited through your experience and your wisdom just by reaching out to you through Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look at some of these folks. Like there's, uh, I mean, you know, uh, was it uh, Ryan Smith up in South Carolina and. You had a college coach come down and watch you. College too. coach came down, right? I think Ryan Moak's his name, and there's there's some folks, and uh, you know I could go through the list in California, you know Noah Montgomery in California who teaches you know some great players on the European tour, and like all these people have heard the podcast, mm-hmm. and they start writing, and we start spending time together, and and those. I think that's a positive. I do that think is that's a good positive. point because like if you think about, I don't know, let's go back 20 years. If you hear that Tony's a good teacher however you hear about it, I don't know. How do you get in touch with him? Like, you don't have his phone number, you don't have his address. Like, now you just look him up on Instagram and shoot him a message and like, yeah. yeah, And if any hot chicks want to slide (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Like, I mean, Yvonne wouldn't like it, but I mean, slide into my DMs. (laughs) Right? You do a good job at responding and helping people. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> yes. That was classic. Let's call it night. I'm getting eaten alive here. Hold on, we got. Hold on, we've only been doing this like we got two minutes left, Scott. Oh, you can okay. come up with two more minutes of content. I'm uh, I'm getting eaten alive by it bugs is. out here at Ocean Reef. All right, so Winks, I'm gonna turn this to you for the last little bit of this. Tell us some of the most influential. What are some of the biggest influences on your teaching so far? You've done a hell of a job. You and Jackson both. I think are two of the best young mm-hmm. teachers I've been around in forever. Thanks, That's why I like y'all. And so tell us a couple of your influences. If I don't say you or no. No, you don't have to say me. You don't have to say me. <laughs> no, of course you. I mean, I think your, your team is just so unique because I've never seen like a band of misfits being put together. We are misfits. That is a good we description. Are. That's a really good description. It's like, I'm like the what best way possible. Like I'm going to go take a gummy on that. <laughs> um, but of course, I, I got to give a shout out to Mike Adams. Like of course. He's, he's taught me a whole heck of a lot. He's taught so many people yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah he's, he's very giving. The dude's a genius. But the latest has been Dana Dahlquist. Like, I, awesome. Yeah, I, I went and spent a couple days with him, and he's just, I mean, unbelievably intelligent. But I still, like, I always retreat back to what you and your team do. Because, like, even today watching Scott, and I know I'm biased saying this, like, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> We're getting them separate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so you make it so easy. And maybe it's because you're not a golf instructor that you don't complicate things, but you just look at whatever their that ground was a reaction is. brilliant was. comment right there. Yeah, but at the same time, you do the same thing. Like, you don't overcomplicate things, which I think, like, Jackson, you tell me if you feel this way, but as a, as an up-and-comer, it's like you want to learn and gain all this knowledge you can, but to a certain degree, like, it just makes your job so much harder. It makes things so much more complicated. You almost mm-hmm. just have to dumb it down. Um, yeah, well, kind of relating it back to what Scott said earlier. 
Right. I think that great coaches have the ability to understand the right. physics, the biomechanics behind it, and then they can look at the person that's sitting in front of them that might not be able to do or respond to what they're they're thinking their brain, but communicate it in a right. way that they can yeah. translate right. it to a birdie. And I think the key thing is is having a less of an ego because we 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 had a couple guys who struggled out there today, and I think tomorrow we go in there and say, hey, it didn't work. Let's try to do it a different way, which yeah, I'm well, fine with. just had bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I've struggled with people before. I haven't been able to figure it out, and that's why it's great Kopsky, to have Jackson. Kopsky cheered him up all. <laughs> oh, boy. Kept digging. Yeah. That's when we call in Dr. Carton. That's what we call him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking to his DMs. <laughs> He'll appreciate the plug. Uh, I love it. Uh, yes. Uh, love but, it. you know, like I had, I'm a rep, so I had a day two, three weeks ago, I was home in Mobile, and I don't know what came over me, but I had like six or seven lessons. And I was driving in and I said, you know what I'm gonna do today? Is I'm gonna teach all day, they're never gonna know this, but I'm not gonna use any of the tech, and I'm just gonna draw lines on the screen and I'm gonna teach without it. See if I could still do it. It was pretty cool. So just video? Yeah, like just video. I mean, I did, well, I will say this, I did use the- uh, Did you swing used, I used. <laughs> No, I, I used no. I didn't use. I used it for film, but I didn't show it to him. Right? right? No, that's fine. Right? That's and I, and I I used the works. simulator just to show where the ball was going. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like kind of film people, sit them down, do it old school. I did that for a day, just. And I think that'd be good for every teacher every now and then to do a day, because I've watched some teachers on some PGA shows teaching summits, and I'm wondering like. I mean, could this some bitch teach a lesson if he didn't have all that? Yeah. Right? And I think the student then becomes reliant on it, too. Mm -hmm. I've had students who hit a ball, and before that even hits the net, they're looking at the launch monitor. Right. What did that yeah. one do? And, like, that's what Will Wu has taught me quite a bit. There mm -hmm. has to be that time where you, what did he say, shut your pie hole yeah. and let them feel what just happened. Let them Dr. See Will Wu's stuff's really good. That's yeah. something I got from you. Yeah. And that's where, like, when you give them all that automatic feedback, then they don't become, they don't know what they felt. and. That that stuff's not there, right? The launch monitor's not there when you're on the fourth but is the it fairway like, and is the ball above your feet. Is it that they can't teach without technology, or they're just trying to do the best they can for the student? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's a fine line there. There's when some of both. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times, I think it's good to shut it off sometimes and teach without it, sure. just to get in touch with what you do. And any good teacher is. Gonna I wouldn't go do take that to Kopsky though. <laughs> it's going to take the students out on the golf course, and you don't have it out there, so you still got to see. Right. No, I agree. Technology is great, but it has to be. Well, we had a couple today for shouldn't take it out on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had a couple. We had a couple die on the table. <laughs> That's all right. We needed a damn. We needed the paddles. We got another <laughs> day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we got another thought, day thought, tomorrow. I thought I was going to send together. Jackson out there on the 17th hole to do a little mouth to mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, awesome uh, stuff, Scott. Michelle, as always, thanks for making the trip. Anytime people take a red eye in to spend a couple of days with you, you know we're doing something fun, and uh, it's more than teaching. You know, you guys are like family to me. Jackson, still can't believe you fired me at Frederica. Um, <laughs> Hendo, we got to give props to Hendo. That may be the biggest turnaround in nine months I've ever seen. Yeah. Kopsky's now like part of the family. And then him and Nate Jolly are like the member guest team tandem now. They're gonna play all over Central America. <laughs> You're gonna start seeing them. You go. You will. You like. You turn on like. There's gonna be something like the Nicaragua Country Club. <laughs> and Kopsky. We're gonna get jerseys. <laughs> We're gonna get jerseys. Great stuff. Great fun. Thanks for sitting in. <laughs>